Money FM 89.3, the best of your money. Money and me on your money, only on Money FM 89.3. Imagine if you'd taken a course in web technology before the internet boom. What might that have done for your career or your ability to invest in tech as a theme? Now, if blockchain will be the backbone of a decentralized world, why not understand what the blockchain is all about and its associated technologies? Dr. Peter Finn joins us this morning. He is co-founder and CEO of Synectify. He's a blockchain expert. We are thrilled to have him chat with us and share his exclusive insights into how the blockchain ecosystem is developing and what we need to know about this ecosystem as an investor. He's also the main instructor of the Vertical Institute's Blockchain and Cryptocurrency Bootcamp, here to discuss the key trends of a fast-evolving ecosystem and how it could reshape the future of finance. Welcome, Peter Finn. How are you? I'm very well, Michelle, and very happy to be here. Great to speak with you. Oh, fantastic. I'm excited about this conversation. Do you think it is important for investors who are interested in investing in tech or cryptocurrencies to be aware of what the blockchain is and what the blockchain ecosystem is? Um, Yeah, absolutely. Um, Because it's a technology that is becoming more closely integrated with uh, the whole realm of the um, industrial and uh, financial ecosystem. It's not um, so much just a separate asset class. Um, But then if investors are also interested in diversifying their portfolios, um, cryptocurrencies uh, have um, a lot of potential um, to offer. There's, of course, a significant amount of evidence that they are uncorrelated um, with other um, asset classes and so um, can potentially um, serve as part of a risk management strategy in a diversified portfolio. We're going to talk about the blockchain in just a while, but since you mentioned cryptocurrencies, did Mm. you get your start in Bitcoin mining? Not directly, but pretty soon uh, afterwards. So I got started in in cryptocurrency in about uh, 2015 and um, back in those days, there really weren't uh, too many. Um, There was Bitcoin, um, Ethereum was was kind of just uh, starting to come up. And um, I really got sucked into the technology I've had really an interest in decentralized um, computing technologies, you know, for a long time and also cryptography and blockchain and, and crypto was really just kind of the uh, a synergy of everything that I had been interested in up until that point. And um, to make a long story short, after getting sucked in, um, it went on to eventually uh, start a mining startup in the United States um, in 2017. And we focused on developing uh, Bitcoin mining infrastructure for the purpose of purchasing um, surplus energy. Let me ask you, Bitcoin price is down, but the data signals that 30,000 and above is a path of least resistance. What do you think for this year, perhaps till the uh, end for, of 2023? Yeah. Well, one of the things that, um, you know, that, that we've done as our work in, in the mining field has progressed is we've done a lot to try to understand um, Bitcoin price and model Bitcoin price um, activity. So one of the things that we've noticed is that um, Bitcoin usually stays above the cost of production, which we are actually pretty close to right now. Um, This would seem to indicate that this might be a price floor. 
Um, the expect another thing that we have seen is that um, the the uh, the Bitcoin price cycle goes through um, various. Uh, movements as the reward that is paid out to miners um, is reduced over time. This is an event called the halving. It's designed to incentivize um, uh, miners to basically uh, mine Bitcoin um, because miners are basically paid um, a portion of Bitcoin for successfully mining blocks. And the the next halving cycle, the next point at which the reward to Bitcoin miners is going to be cut in half is going to be uh, in about, uh, estimated to be in about May of next year. And it's basic supply and demand um, economics. If the supply of Bitcoin goes down and the demand remains the same or increases, we can expect um, the price to go up. We're enthusiastic that there are going to be some um, some, some price movements now. Yeah, um, I, I do have a question about the yeah. halving. I mean, uh, is it at all a significant event if Bitcoin can be fractionalized? If we can buy an infinite part of Bitcoin because Bitcoin can be fractionalized, um, mm-hmm. why are we looking at the halving as a significant event in terms of supply of Bitcoin? Overall, um, well, when you're purchasing a fraction of a Bitcoin, you're still uh, it, it's still a denomination mm-hmm. of the of the value of that um, specific crypto asset, right? And so, even the the fractional portion that you're purchasing is impacted by the the price, you know, at which at which Bitcoin the is total trading. supply of Bitcoin yeah, is finite. Supply. Oh yes, absolutely. Yeah, the uh, the way the network is engineered, um, there are only twenty one million uh, bitcoins that are ever going to be mined. So it is just engineered to be um, deflationary and to have a finite supply. All right, let's take a step back, uh, and I want to go back to your blockchain and cryptocurrency bootcamp. I think sure. the ideas in that bootcamp are going to enable a lot of our listeners to really wrap their heads around this ecosystem and understand how it's shaping up. I want to take a step back. Um, can you share with us a useful umbrella concept for what we mean when we talk about the blockchain? Is it an indestructible, immutable virtual ledger or a shared database that stores uh, data in blocks, for example, these are two terms that come to mind. Are, are those yeah. accurate? Yeah, those are accurate. Um, I, th- I think it's it's helpful um, actually uh, to think of a blockchain as simply a database. That kind of makes it more approachable, more accessible. Everybody knows what a database is, um, and it's a, it's a database, as you indicated, that has some unique characteristics. Um, it can. Uh, it's immutable, which means it cannot be changed once it is written to. It can only be written to uh, through the consensus of the the various nodes, you know, the participants um, that are managing transactions um, on that network. But one of the things that I like to articulate when I discuss blockchain is to treat it as essentially a trust technology. So it, you can you can think of a blockchain in terms of in terms of what it essentially provides. Its essential characteristic is that it facilitates trustworthy transactions between individuals who don't necessarily trust each other across an untrustworthy network, which is the internet. And so we have always had this problem. Um, being being separated by great distances online, being separated across jurisdictional boundaries, not being able to have much um, transparency into who we might be transacting with, 
And the remarkable thing that blockchains are, in a, are enable us to do is is engage in a in a trusted transaction with that individual. Now, the individual we're transacting with may not be trustworthy, but we know that the transaction that we're making with them is. That's very yeah. useful, uh, a way of looking at it. Help us understand, what are some of the groundbreaking applications of blockchain technology that you're seeing? Yeah, so that's a, that's a very good question. Um, of course, initially, when the ecosystem started, it was about uh, creating a digital cash, um, a form of internet money. In the original Bitcoin white paper, that is how Bitcoin is described as a form of digital cash. And one thing that developers and, and innovators uh, quickly realized is that there is a lot more that you can actually do um, with a blockchain. And so we've seen a proliferation of really a whole ecosystem of technologies um, develop around around blockchain. This is really what we try to explore in the course. Um, things like non-fungible tokens, um, decentralized finance. Um, a whole uh, ecosystem of um, exchanges and um, other uh, types of crypto assets uh, that can be tra- uh, exchanged and traded. Um, supply chain applications, bringing basically the same characteristics of um, a blockchain in terms of its trustworthiness and its immutability um, to supply chain applications for physical goods and even the tokenization of those physical goods themselves. Yeah, we've been talking a lot about tokenization, yeah. Yeah. Um, how, how more and more financial assets may be uh, tokenized and what the potential for that means here in Singapore in terms of what our strategies are as a nation in terms of tokenizing access and what it means for investors. Um, help us understand how you see it, the potential applications of blockchain technology to the financial sector. That's an excellent question. It's, it's actually uh, such a broad topic. Um, it's difficult to know uh, where to start. I, I think one of the applications that um, I hear a lot of interest in, um, especially here in Southeast Asia, are cross-border payments because a, a lot of people uh, live, live and work um, in different countries in, in Southeast Asia and send uh, payments back and forth. Um, blockchains allow a disintermediation and um, a reduction in, um, in, in fees for cross-border payment and exchange of, um, of, um, of funds. And um, I would also, identity uh, verification and KYC is, I, I think, another um, area where we're going to start to see um, some important um, innovations. Um, right now, you, what's interesting is we have some really extensive software infrastructure for uh, the trading of cryptocurrencies, but the certain things like the KYC and AML is still done in a very old-fashioned, not uh, not a blockchain, not a properly blockchain-based or decentralized um, manner. And um, so I think there's there's going to be um, hopefully some development um, in in that aspect of the technology, and also um, an, another area in terms of um, uh, banking and finance where blockchains have very interesting advantages is in terms of fraud um, detection um, and and prevention. The fact that you are able to have a basically a public view of the uh, transaction logs. Um, actually allows um, uh, potentially easier uh, tracing of um, illicit uh, transactions, um, illicit funding. 
um, when the uh, when the FBI cracked the uh, the Silk Road, which was the the dark market um, that was that was operating um, and using Bitcoin primarily as its medium of transaction, one of the things they discovered is that it was actually easier to follow the money because it was on a blockchain um, than it would have been if the uh, cyber criminals had been using um, more uh, conventional means. Fascinating how it's allowing for more transparency in the tracking of where money is flowing. Dr. Peter Finn is a blockchain expert, co-founder and CEO of Synectify. He's also the main instructor of the Vertical Institute's blockchain and cryptocurrency bootcamp. So you can upskill yourself when it comes to blockchain skills. You know, if you want to think about the changes that are being made to financial services, you want to understand uh, what, what an NFT is, you want to understand what a, the feature of a blockchain is. A wallet, a hardware, the software, the role of mining, the history and industry of mining, uh, the role of exchanges, what a smart contract is. We talk a lot about these things, but maybe, you know, you want to dive deep into coins and tokens and adapt and the role of oracles. This is the course to look at. Uh, Peter, I want to ask you about blockchain and AI. We've heard a lot and discussed on this show that um, this trend that we're seeing that and we've questioned whether or not it's a trend. If investors are looking away from cryptocurrencies and trying to jump on this AI bandwagon because everybody's had an experience with ChatGPT or BARD, are there potential synergies between blockchain and the AI um, trend? Yeah, so that's an excellent that's an excellent question. One of the I think one of the challenges that we've seen um, with um, with programmable blockchains, which is what we're talking about when we talk about smart contracts, you know, basically computer software that can be can be written um, to, uh, to to blockchain, um, are um, challenges with uh, analyzing the code and and validating the smart contracts themselves, making sure that they are secure, that they're they're bug free, and one of the um, rising superpowers that large language models have is actually their ability to generate and analyze code. Um, and we're now starting to get to a point where in ChatGPT, you can you can write a description, a high-level description of a, of a problem or, say, of a transaction or a contract and have the LLM basically generate the smart contract code. And so when, as this technology and this capability starts to mature, um, it, we're going to reach a point where users do not necessarily need a smart contract programmer anymore um, to write um, a contract. You can have your LLM um, basically generate the smart contract from a description of how it is supposed to perform, um, also potentially perform some validation and some testing in an automated workflow um, without um, a, a, a a human programmer um, in in the loop, so I think these are these are some really uh, interesting developments that artificial intelligence and large language models is going to bring um, to to some aspects of blockchain technology. Will this mean lawyers will be out of a job? Um, no, lawyers lawyers will <laughs> not be out of a job. I, I think you know there's part of this workflow are going to be more specialized. Uh, expert language models, legal language models, 
and lawyers are going to have to work very hard. They're going to have to work very, very hard in training um, those models so that they, they function uh, properly and reliably because the quality of these models is really all comes down to the training. Dr. Peter Finn is co-founder and CEO of Synectify, also the main instructor of Vertical Institute's Blockchain and Cryptocurrency Bootcamp. I wonder if we can get your ideas on the crypto market, if you'd be willing to share some with us in terms of... Um, whether or not you think market conditions now seem to be more or less favorable in terms of sentiment towards cryptocurrency? Yeah, so that's a very good question. We're kind of still in the midst of a crypto winter, um, as it were. And I I think you raise a very good point about um, um, artificial intelligence in general um, drawing away a lot of interest um, from crypto. I think this is also um, kind of temporary and you know, next year, as we get closer to the Bitcoin having, this is a kind of a macro cryptocurrency event. And, you know, because Bitcoin has such a large percentage of the market cap of crypto, when Bitcoin price starts moving, as it usually does um, around the having, that tends to raise interest and investment in all other crypto assets. As they say, you know, a rising tide raises all ships. And so I think within um, within the next 12 months, there's going to be a, uh, a renewed um, enthusiasm um, towards uh, cryptocurrencies um, in, in general. If we take a step back, we've got a couple of minutes left on the clock. I want to get your insights on this boot camp. You know, as you were designing it, what were some of the thoughts of what you most wanted to share with an audience right now? Yeah, that's an excellent question. So, I mean, I've been an educator for um, for a long time, really most of my adult life, and that's really run through um, everything that I do. I'm very passionate about. I'm first of all, I'm I'm very curious and interested, in, always in learning new things, um, but also passing that knowledge on, and and learning from my students because I always do. They always bring a you know very unique um, perspective, and um, always end up teaching me something. And what we wanted to do with this uh, blockchain um, boot camp was really provide kind of a high-level 30,000-foot overview of the entire ecosystem Um, so that students who are coming to the course with, um, you know, wondering where in this expanding ecosystem they might be interested in in diving deeper um, can can find that place. People who are coming to the course with um, very little background or no background in cryptocurrencies who want to understand and acquire very basic skills um, like how to use a cryptocurrency wallet, um, how to transact uh, cryptocurrencies safely, um, some of the basic um, uh, security recommendations um, for dealing with these assets um, can can gain those, um, those basic and vital skills. Absolutely fantastic. Is this the only boot camp that you teach at Vertical Institute? It is. Uh, it is currently. I'm, I'm also going to be um, starting to teach the uh, cybersecurity uh, boot camp, which is actually a very good uh, complement um, for, for blockchain. It'll oh. Make your, your use of, um, of, um, of virtual currencies uh, safer. Absolutely fascinating. Great to get the insights on what could be um, the spine, you could say, of the future of finance or the backbone of the future of finance. I've been speaking with Dr. Peter Finn, co-founder and CEO of Synectify. He's also the main instructor of Vertical Institute's Blockchain and Cryptocurrency Bootcamp. Peter, thank you so much for coming by. Thank you very much, Michelle. It's been a pleasure. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. 
To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.